Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of the Locker Room FC podcast. Today, we are joined by a very special guest. We have Phil Forden on the call with us in the podcast. What's up, lads? <laughs> He's mimicked the accent perfectly. Uh, I'm once again joined by my co-host. There is no special guest. I'm joined by my co-host as usual, Treya Shivkumar and Rashid. Um, today, we are recording after the Super Sunday of El Clasico and Chelsea versus Manchester United. Um, obviously, uh, we're going to start with Chelsea versus Manchester United. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, we're not going to talk about much about the game itself because what can you talk about in a 0-0 game? Uh, there are some obviously controversial things that happen in the game that we could touch upon. Uh, but the main thing we're going to talk about is like the teams itself and the dynamics of the teams. And in particular, the two managers, um, Frank and Ole. Um, first off, let's start off by like discussing what they need to do. What, like, what are the weaknesses of those two teams? Um, Shiv, why don't you start with United, actually? Because you should know best there. I mean, it's a starting lineup. Everyone, you know, like, it was pretty much like a... It was, there's nothing new, like, none of our new players, I think none of them played. Like, we had, uh, they played the same game, same team that they played against Newcastle and not the same team that they played against PSG, which we won. A four at the back with Luke Shaw still at left back and Dan James in front of him. I don't know this, where the creativity comes from on that plan. But the right flank, you know, was, you know, the rest of the team, and you know, Harry Maguire being thrown back into the squad straight away, even though Swansea had an amazing performance against PSG. Then you have the uh, usual Nectred pivot and uh, Bruno advance in front. But like, it, it, it doesn't work, you know, like, even uh, last season when uh, Marsha was injured, we played uh, Rashford on front, and, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't able to come to his full form in a number nine position because he's 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 a guy who's full of tricks. He has to dribble. He has to get past people. And not only do you like hamper his abilities when he's put up front, but he doesn't have the kind of you know instinctive heading ability of like a classic number nine or hold up player for normal number nine. So yeah, the starting lineup itself was a you know bit of a controversial move, and you know like even uh, I guess. Even some of the substitutes were controversial. Like uh, everyone thought Van de Beek deserved a chance over bringing on Pogba or Greenwood. But uh, you know, eventually, at some point, everyone was had it enough with Dan James. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah yesterday, 100%. Everyone had it with Dan James. They wanted to take him off the pitch and bring on Cavani and push uh, Rashford back to left wing. But you know, like I don't understand Luke Shaw starting again. Like any. I wonder how many touches Dan James actually had that game. <laughs> Uh, but, like, what about in general? Like, um, obviously, it was a good bounce back, I think. Three very good I, three very good results, considering you lost 6-1 to Spurs. Um, do you think, like, the team have, like, found their form now and they're going to continue, like, how they did at the end of last season? Or are they, is this just, like, it's a false image? <laughs> <laughs> Um, By I, the I, way, Shresh and Rashid, you guys can jump in at any time, but Shiv, yeah. you can go first. I still feel like we haven't played our best seven yet. Uh, you know, like having, you know, Marshall has to come back from the suspension and playing him on the, 
like our best eleven ideally, according to me, would be having the uh, hair keeper for now, keeping Mandrai out of the squad, bringing in Swan Jebe, Rojo, or Bai in the centre backs to pair with Lindelof. Right back, Van Bissaka, no no doubt in that. Alex is on the left. Uh, the midfield will be, you know, Pogba's out of form right now, so uh, that's the reason he's not starting. But if Pogba starts, you they won't, you know, uh, Ole won't start Fred or McTominay. He would rather play Matic along with him in a double pivot. And you know, Cam is always Bruno, and then you know the magical front three of Rashford, Martial, and Greenwood. Yeah, un- so un- you're saying like once when we the, he gets more his like with this team. That's when, like, if rivers don't come out with even this team, then we have a problem on our hands. Okay, I mean that's a fair assessment. But you know, um, like, what are your thoughts on 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 Van de Beek? You know, he has he has he's barely played for United. He was a big like everyone was excited when he came in. A great player, a lot of talent, a lot of ability. But he has to compete with Bruno and for that attacking midfielder role, which is you know obviously Bruno is going to be chosen. So what what are your thoughts on Van de Beek? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Van der Beek, when he was bought itself, he knew he was going to be a squad player. Like, United tried to, you know, players were needed in other areas, but Van der Beek was bought to reinforce the midfield because the success we had with Bruno, we felt like if in case Bruno got injured in any uh, case, we needed to have another attacking midfielder who can really control the game. And, like, you know, I wouldn't say world class, but he's a top quality midfielder who can like change the game on his own. So but why would really... you bring in depth when you why would you bring in depth when you already have gaping holes in your squad? No. Surely you need I to mean, fill those up and then only bring depth in positions. Right? I mean, right now there's not such huge gaping holes in any part of a pitch. I mean, you did have you could use another center back. You could use that you proper could use right, right winger. winger. Exactly. Sancho. <laughs> but like at the foot end of last season, yeah, we did try Sancho, but then uh, the uh, a defensive midfielder as well. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we need a Matic replacement for the moment. Matic is fine for uh, centre back. I I guess we just missed the target, but then again, Lindelof and Maguire, I don't know, always pretty much sticking with them for every game of the season, and they have like. And we didn't get rid of anyone big this summer. Like we got rid of Smalling, who wasn't there again last season. But we still have Phil Jones, Marcos Rojo, Eric Bai, and Juan Zebe. And Fosumensa, if we can count him as a centre back. So unless we got rid of any of them, then um, I don't think there's a uh, way like getting another position player. And for the, the DM position, I think Fred is solid for, for now. I mean, it's going on like. Fred is a very inconsistent player at the moment, but I feel like right now the attacking midfielder was, you know, with uh, you know, we had Andreas Pereira, uh, Juan Mata, and then, you know, uh, Bruno for that position. And they really wanted cover, like, in case, and with Pereira gone and Mata, you know, like, getting on with his age, United just wanted some player who can play on, like, either as a center mid or a center attacking mid. So he just fit the criteria. I don't think he's, uh, but I feel like he'll start every, you know, whenever Bruno's rested at this point, I think. Well, Van, Der Beek, Van Der Beek will start and he'll take control of this game. And, you know, 
at some point he will start getting thrown into games earlier than usual but i don't think he's yeah, going to become a starter like, intentionally i just feel like he's like too too much of a quality sign to actually waste in the bench that's my opinion on him yeah yeah um but that was united uh, I, i guess we should talk about the other team in the at old trafford yet yesterday as well uh obviously i can't ask myself questions so you guys are going to have to ask me anything like like what like like if you want like my thoughts on the game what we could have done differently uh i think there is uh, i i like there is this uh, sky sports debate between uh, hasselbank and uh, jimmy flo hasselbank and patrice evra yesterday uh, and i think uh, hasselbank summed it up like pretty perfectly um coming off three 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 draws uh, in which like there were a lot of defensive mistakes there weren't any outright defensive like issues but there were many defensive mistakes um i think it was it was it was going to be the case where we had to be a little bit cautious in the defensive side uh we saw it against sevilla but against sevilla as well it wasn't as uh i would say deep defensively dominant as we were against united i feel like against united uh we shut shut all doors and uh, apart from two saves that mendy had to pull which <laughs> only mendy could have pulled from our goalkeeping uh lineup uh like it was a pretty, it was a very like shut game from us uh and i think that was going to be normal as well considering how like the defensive errors had to be stopped and yes the attack wasn't that great against united but the thing is uh, everyone's seen what the attack can do already um everyone saw like the quality of the chelsea attack without uh the two new german signings uh and ziek last year as well like they we don't uh chelsea don't fail to make chances what we do fail to do is defend so the attack we know the quality of the attack and we know that time comes on they'll click but right now the priority has to be defense because uh two games now where the defense has let us down and we've dropped four points in total against southampton that should have been an easy three points against west brom it, we should have never gone 3-0 down in the first place so i didn't like the way we played yesterday but i i, I understand it from like uh frank's perspective and i also understand like I also understand like why uh the like the one point at Old Trafford would be a good result for us. It's not an amazing result but like at this stage right now I I'll, I'll take that result. Okay so like in this Chelsea squad like I mean your defense is pretty much solid for now. Attack yeah you have a preferred attack but what is your 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 opinion of a preferred midfield like who would you play in midfield right now? Would I play in midfield? I play Declan Rice. <laughs> <laughs> Mateo Kovacic and Kai Havertz. I actually don't have a preferred midfield right now. Um statistically uh, and this is not what uh, you can I don't know it's it depends on like if you can see it or not but statistically our most effective midfield three uh, midfield duo now I'm assuming that Kai Havertz would play as a cam here. Our most effective midfield duo would be Jorginho and Kanté. Uh Kanté because obviously he he can offer a lot of defensive like uh like protection to the back line with his interceptions tackles etc and jorginho because uh he's sort of decent for ball progression uh, i i like mostly retaining possession we you sort of need jorginho in the team uh but again it depends on what you really want so with jorginho and kanté there's no ball progression with jorginho and kovacic there is no athleticism and the midfield will get run over with Kanté and Kovacic there is no there's no real defensive uh, like like protection other than Kanté is like 
with yeah, with Kante and Kovacic in t- paper, it should be a good midfield. But the thing is, when you're playing in a uh, pivot of two midfielders, when one goes and one uh, breaks the like the midfield line to go and press, the other one has to stay back and make sure that uh, like if there's a counter, he offers protection to the midfield duo. I mean, like the back line. Neither Kovacic or Kante does that. So Kovacic and Kante is actually not a good midfield duo as well. So in theory, there is no good midfield duo we have right now like that can play behind a camp. And that is like one of the main issues that we have right now. Uh, one, I've like a big part of that will get solved when Billy Gilmore comes back. But we also don't know what um, health condition he'd come back in. So I, I guess that's up in the air right now. Okay, so now, right now, I think your preferred attacking lineup would be right wing as Ziyech, left wing of uh, Pulisic, and up front having Timo Werner with Camus Haver. So that's what you're going for, right? Yes. But like, your manager's Lampard, and there's Mason Mount. How will all of these players play? <laughs> uh, if we get a proper DM, uh, okay, so at, towards the end of last season, uh, before actually the COVID break, uh, we against Everton, it was, and some other team. We played uh, a lone DM and two attacking eights, basically two midfielders who work as eights, but they also advanced more attacking up forwards. That was usually uh, Mountain Barkley. Uh, was, I actually like that lineup, but uh, as you could, there were obviously going to be some defensive frailties there. Uh, but if, if your DM is good enough, if your lone DM is good enough, it wouldn't be that much of an issue. But we don't have a lone DM, like somebody who can play the lone DM. Uh, Billy Gilmore, he played that really well against Everton. It, like, we won 4-0 and mainly, I think he was a man of the match that game. But I don't know if he'd be able to do it for like 38 games in Premier League season. Um, so there is that issue. So until we get a DM, uh, and until like, if, if we want to experiment that way, uh, Mason Mount has no other role <laughs> other than a, uh, a bench player, unfortunately. I like the guy. He, I think he's pretty good as well. I, his best role is a number eight for me. But yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. All right, then. So moving on, I have a question for both of you. It's, it's going to spark some debates and arguments. Uh, but who's the better manager, Ole or Lampard? Or are they both washed? Certainly <laughs> not Pep, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> We won the league, 100 points, 98. How much what money have you, you done? Spend? How much money did you spend? How much, How money, much money have you spent this season? How much money have you spent this season for a 3 3 draw? Has this season ended yet? Has this season ended yet? Okay, fine. Let's continue this at the end of the season. For now, remember it's... this Premier League winners, 19. <laughs> I, I can't even do this seriously. Um... I swear, Tyron told Premier League winners, 1920. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> man, uh, man still doesn't want Liverpool to win. <laughs> uh, I'm obviously going to say Lampard. Uh, I, I, I actually want to hear what Shiv has to say before I move on to my argument. See, I mean, both of them aren't world-class managers, but like, all is better than Lampard. <laughs> Is it, is it, like, there's an obvious answer. The United fans are going to say all the answer, but Chelsea fans are going to say Lampard. Uh, if anything, you guys are the outliers. You guys are like, the question has to be towards you guys. Who is the better manager? I think it's, I think it's very hard to judge, to be honest. Um, 
I think maybe this season will be the defining season for Lampard. Obviously, he's brought in so many new players into the club, so it'll be interesting to see how he works with that. Um, Ole, unfortunately, has not been able to bring in too many. Yeah, he's gotten like three new three new players, but obviously not a lot of his new a lot of his targets he was not able to get in. Um, for yeah, me, I think this. Though. Yeah, for sure, last season he got in players, but yeah, I mean. It, For me, at least from what I've seen till now, I'm definitely going to rate Lampard slightly higher. Um, I think he, while both of them still have a lot of scope for improvement, um, I'm I feel like Lampard slightly edges it. Um, but I think a more interesting question is, are are these the two like are they are they the right managers for both clubs at this point in time? And for me, I don't think either of them are the right managers um, because at least at least Lampard, you know, one of the Biggest challenges for any manager is like is managing change in the football club, and Lampard. First of all, he's a new manager. Like it's only his second season at Chelsea, and his third season as a professional coach. If I'm not wrong, third or fourth season. So to manage so many new players and expensive players as well, as well as trying to get his own tactics into the team, is a very big challenge. So I don't think he's the right man because you see so many well-established coaches. You know, after. Four or five years, you can see them. You know, it stops working in the club anymore because they're not that good at managing change. Because there always has to be a change in guard at the club. So for Lampard, you know, to bring his own tactics into the club, make all these new players gel well together, it's going to be a big challenge. And you can see him doing some progression right now, but um, I think at least by halfway through the season, if there's no big progression, then people are definitely going to start asking him uh, serious questions. I mean, I disagree. uh as a player i feel like okay obviously i'm going to say as a player he dealt with change very well uh he adapted to every single manager he came in fact uh the one thing about lampard was he'd be successful under like like what everyone said was he was successful under any manager he'd be successful under any manager and i think that that you can sort of attribute that mentality like towards his managerial this thing as well um if you want to talk about change in that broad of a sense we don't we don't have enough of a sample size yet but if you want to talk about adapting uh from opposition to opposition from game to game i think he has shown that he can do that uh we have like a pretty decent record against the top 6 we have i'm pretty sure lampard has be- beaten klopp pep oli arteta all in like his ma- like uh, his first years manager and ancelotti as well so i i do think like game to game management like like that adapting he can do but the, the thing is we want stability and that is a that's a test for him so i i i can't answer whether he's the right man right now uh to be fair it, it does make sense to bring someone else in like that that it, that is like <clears throat> the easier way out but then like for how long like that's also going to be like a short term success it's going to be another antonio conte it's going to be another Jose Mourinho, <clears throat> even though Mourinho we never really backed him after the second season, so I I just think that if if he makes it work, which I think he can, I I've seen like a lot of good signs and I've seen like change, I've seen progression right now, and I think I know what he wants to do as well. If he can make it work with Lampard, then that's infinitely better than if somebody else came in and did the same thing. Why? Because he is like our biggest club legend ever. After every single thing he's done for the club, I would like for nothing more. Then for him to succeed here. Okay, uh, just just a couple of things. Like you said that Lampard has played under uh, you know a plethora of different managers and he's done well under each manager. But I don't see how that translates into him being a, being a good manager. Like I mean, sure it's, he, it's about what you learn, right? 
It's sure. But you learn to be a good manager. It, yeah, but but being but a good player doesn't mean it. exactly. And also the change I, I'm, I'm just, talking about is Chelsea are like in a state of transition right now. These are like a massive overhaul, brought like a lot of players, expensive players as well. So what I'm talking about is Lampard being a very young manager. For him to manage that overhaul is very very difficult. You've seen so many managers after four or five years at a club. When they start bringing new players, like it, it just starts failing because it's yeah, very I mean, difficult I, to manage that kind really of change. See, you can't really say like like there's a enough sample size to like like yeah, so that's why make I, a judgment I, I'm on saying that. It's difficult. Even I'm, like the I, best managers have failed on that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm saying I'm not saying he is going to fail. I'm saying it's difficult. So it's going to be a tricky period for him. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So this season, I also on the feel next like season, I also feel like our view of managers has been really skewed by like managers like Pep Guardiola, uh, Simeone. Um, Allegri and like Mourinho, who like put preference on tactical masterclasses rather than on you know man magic players. Like if you go to like your 1990s, 80s, you had managers who solely won games from man management. Yes, they had good tactics on the pitch, but it was man management that won them games. And I think it's a very underrated like aspect. So you have managers, you have really good managers, and I, there's obvious example that I'm going to bring up: Pep Guardiola, who is who's shown that he can tactically manage a team so well but his man management lacks and i think that that's something like i can see that in lampard and i think that's why i think that it, like he can transition a change from a change of re- like a transition of like a rebuild to like uh, a like a title challenging team uh, that's that's my personal opinion though so it could it could well not work out but this is what i've like from what i've seen this is the judgment that i like not the judgment but the hope i have and i think that it could happen Yeah, I think I'd agree with Sarah a bit, uh, just for the sense that based on last season alone, with the challenges that Chelsea had, to finish where they did was an incredible achievement. Because uh, yes, no one in Premier League performed really well, but Chelsea had like all odds against them on like finishing where they did. So this season, with all the new signings and all the expensive players coming in, that's where it's going to show how Lampard's able to manage everyone and. Is he going to make this Chelsea into a winning side, a team that can compete for titles and uh, good European uh, positions as well? So it's going to be a challenge for Lampard, but I think that there's a better chance for him doing it than, uh, unfortunately, Ole. Which I'll bring it on to Shiv. Do you think that Ole is the right man for Manchester United right now? Because it's been uh, unlike the other managers. I feel that Ole's—they've given Ole a pretty decent amount of time. You haven't backed him as such because again, you haven't gotten the transfers that every manager in Manchester United since Alex Ferguson has wanted. But do you think that Ole is the right person to lead this Manchester United back to where they were uh, in the Fergie era? Um, when Mourinho was sacked, the main, you know, at that point, everyone was calling it boring football or whatever, and people just wanted, you know, like. I don't know. The, uh, at least the higher ups felt that we needed a brand of football that represented the United DNA, like you know, the way United play, the the attacking football, and you know the style of play. So that's why Ole was brought in initially. So when he was brought in, he was not a long-term project. But with the results he got in, you know, like he really, you know, I would like to say rather than a Manchester United coach. because he did he improved players on various aspects and you know just his game to i'm i'm like lampard might have a good record against the big six but it it can't come next to ole ole like just pulls off like 
the most random scores and like is like whenever going into a game against the big six and you know when ole is the manager it doesn't depend on form like all the united fans just look at the like look at ole and that you know it's a big game he's not going to pull up with you know like some team that you know uh, you know just miss uh, mismatches all the informed players and goes in he'll bring out certain players who are like out of contention like completely out of contention like not even selected for the substitutes in the previous game and he throw them straight into the game knowing that you know they'll perform they'll step up they'll completely counter like counter attack whatever threat the opposition has so in that aspect i feel like he's a better coach and but he he did have a lot to deal with because uh, a very different fact like when uh, after ole's first half season you know before the start of his first full season he lost lukaku is the top scorer and you know the other cycle option at sanchez he was left so literally he had like he had a choice buri had to go and splash money on another center forward or not but what he decided was to stick with uh, marshall like he he openly went marshall are you going to be my number nine and they started doing a lot of one on one sessions because sosha being a cycle himself he literally trusted upon the players to improve the players themselves rather than you know uh, oh i want to improve the team bring him in bring him in so and uh, mind you like harry maguire was not an uh, ole signing he was someone united one of from 2018 like even when mourinho was there he was openly stated that he wanted like even the club officials were working on maguire and there's only like a handful of players who are technically good like you look at van bissaka he's like you can point of difference in him but he's not like a huge team player who relies on a team he like as an individual he's really talented so as a coach i feel like he's a better coach than uh, lampard but again he was born as a short term solution so i feel like there is an expiry date for ole like whether united fans fans on arkad or not there is an expiry date for ole it's not like someone like mourinho when he came in everyone was like okay yeah, next 10 seasons just sorted when van gaal came in next 10 seasons just sorted when moyes came in everyone said next 10 seasons sorted but i'm pretty sure ole has a ticking like he has a clock ticking on him because every year he's right on the verge of the sack when he pulls himself out so i feel like again yeah he's not a he's a very short term manager who's going to just improve the team or keep it stable for the time being and you know it's a pretty young squad and i feel like he's going to help them develop to another level and and someone else is going to take over the reins and just you know try to help the team forward but i still feel like lampard is miles below ole in what is in because he's just splashing the cash on all but coming team. on to the the point that you said that uh the main thing ole is going to do is he's just going to develop all these particular players but as you said before that you don't think that these players uh these 11 that you have are good enough for like challenging for the titles and stuff so what is the point of uh developing these players if that's not going to completely solve your problems like you do need people from uh you need you do need to buy some players from outside like you can't keep uh ole can't go and manage daniel james and make him into jane sancho you need jane sancho in your team uh so what's the point of keeping ole in developing these players if that's not going to solve your problem and how long can you keep doing this for them you see dan dan james is a squad player he's a squad player he can still develop i'm not saying squad players can't develop so he is what 23 at this point like it's not like he's too old or anything 
see the starting 11 can can become a tidy challenging team and maybe there's just one or two holes that they need to patch up because right now matic is getting old he's like the old one of the old and weak links in the squad but otherwise i feel like this is a team that can improve but again as a team to provide consistency and the right balance when you bring in squad depth into contention the thing is you have to even in rotation you have to bring in the right amount of balance to make sure you still get over the line even if you're playing a weaker squad and i feel like ole struggles sometimes over there because almost every single time when he comes off the back of a really big game he ends up having to rest either one of the players or the players look tired and he is not able to pull away with the results in the subsequent game and not in the big game big game he manages somehow subsequent game he flops so that's where united are lacking right now so i feel like if we are able to patch that spot with a whether ole or the next manager then united will be sorted at least you can agree that tottenham was in a big game <laughs> <laughs> i think it's about giving like the managers time uh, i i don't I don't really hate on Ole except for the memes. <laughs> I actually think like he's he's done it he's like a pretty good job. Uh it's about giving like your managers time. Um I I like I didn't I by no means like think that Frank is the best option right now. I think like uh like a Nagelsmann could come in and do like a better job as well. It's just that we haven't we haven't really seen what he can do with like a full pre-season, a full like time to work with the squad and players that he wants in the squad. so as as long as you can see like after you see that and then you can judge him and say like okay he's probably not the best option right now uh there are obvious mistakes like that he like there make like now and then and that's like in game management that that could definitely like be worked on but it's just that i've seen like a lot of positive signs and again i have the you could say rational bias that he is a club legend uh and i would do anything for him to see him succeed to see him win like trophies here I'd like that would yeah so and if if that works out then it would be worth more than anything any other manager could do in my opinion uh okay and so far one last question is with man u finishing third and chelsea finishing fourth last season what are your objectives for this season that uh would that you would achieve that this has been a success for the manager or like what if you fail to achieve would you rate the manager as flop for this season uh i think even under the circumstances top four is a necessity uh and not like a scrap like how it was last season or the season before that it has to be like comfortable top four i think that's considering we didn't have a pre-season this season and we brought in all these new players uh like i'm i, I think like how it's headed is we're going to find our form later on in the season we're not going to like be constantly like uh going on a winning streak right now it's going to be very similar to what man united did last season in my opinion uh so i still think that top 4 must be a necessity i i ideally you'd want a challenge for the title especially this season where everything's up in the air every team looks utterly atrocious uh it's this sort of season where we're supposed to be winning a title uh and i honestly think we could do it but i'm not going to like i'm not going to like safe like i'm not going to uh, tweet lampard out if he doesn't win the title this season i just think i but I, i still think you need to close the gap to liverpool and city i think there is no gap anymore considering injuries and how city look uh, but i still think it needs to be a comfortable top 4 and possibly a title challenge just to title push like you don't have to win the title but you have to like at least push whoever is up front a tottenham 
I don't mean push Tottenham. I mean do a Tottenham and push it for the title. <laughs> Shiv, what about you? What about you, Shiv? Would are any trophies necessary as well for any of the managers? FA Cup would be nice. Champions League is already given, I think. It's like they've already like inscribed uh, like Chelsea and the Champions League trophy this year. So I think that's already happened. So, but FA Cup would be an additional, uh, like a good addition. Shiv, uh, okay, cool. Yeah. So I think yeah, as you said, yeah, top four is necessary. Again, uh, a, a final. I would like a final. I like the semis was good last time. I would like a final this time. And you know, some you know, winning the couple is also fine. Either the Carabao or the uh, FA Cup, because you know, like Guardiola just winning Carabao Cup to add to his name, like <laughs> just adding to his honor. Yeah. Like, we, we need we need some trophies, mate. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. give us one trophy. Come on. I just, it, it would be a good thing if uh, we man uh, Ole manages to do that. But again, the squad will only kick in in January, I feel, because um. By January, I think all five of our signings will get into the squad. You know that uh, uh, Van der Beek, Edison uh, Cavani, Amad Diallo, Alexis, and Fakuno Pelletri. And you know, at that point, the squad depth will also be greater because instead of playing Dan James in reserve, like in second choice games, we can play Fakuno Pelletri and Amad Diallo, and you know have them as uh, second options for the Premier League also. So here's my thing. Why? How can you hold that like expectation, that that standard, like uh, expecting like not the squad to clear January? I feel like, especially for United, what's this form they were in like at the end of last season? Exactly. You be expecting you should be expecting like them to actually like come and like consistently like, get on like a streak or something. I I I, I personally I feel like they, I can expect that from my team because we bought in six new players in and you still need them to gel in properly but like United for the most part the only starting signing I think is Alex Tellers and that's a like for like replacement after that it's it's like Diallo, Pelestri they're going to be sub players for now they're for the future and Cavani is also going to be a sub like a bench like backup so like how can you expect like like how can you expect like United like oh they don't need to click until properly until January I feel like you should be expecting them to at least do some sort of business right now that keeps yeah because especially power. with the way you guys ended last season because there were lots of shouts that like I think last you can't basically say that's how they are going to play all the time but the last five six games at least it was uh, United playing some brilliant football and it should have carried on at least because I feel that right now the last couple of games their form has dropped the Tottenham game as well I don't think that's a reflection of how well they could play so I don't see why that United have to again wait for such a long time to see, bring back how what they were doing last it's, season. It's, um, it's simple. Amar Diallo comes in January. That's all. That's the only reason I said January. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's as simple. See, Fakuno Pelletri is starting playing for the reserves. Uh, Marcos Rojo and uh, Eric Bai are not back to full fitness. Um, Marshall is on a red. He'll come back, like, I think after the break or whatever. No, I think one more game. Yeah, one more game and he'll come back just before the break. And, you know, right now, the squad going on with the Champions League. And, like, only in January will all the competitions kick in. And, you know, 
like we struggled with squad depth for the uh, Carabao Cup and you know I was on the point of the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup. That's when the squad depth will kick in. When you need all those players for all those different games, like Man City have been able to win because they have the squad depth to play all those games with a good squad. So that that's why when talking about the what they need to achieve the cup, but then again the Premier League is looking very shaky at the moment. You know, like again this season will be purely dependent on squad depth in my opinion because there's so little to decide between teams. With uh, you know, uh, for example, this week Everton lost. If you ask me why, I would be like, James Rodriguez was not on hundred percent fitness. Their star player was not on hundred percent fit. So you could say as one of the reasons why they're not playing. Well, you look at uh, Liverpool, so many COVID cases. Again, if one of if another one of those uh, COVID cases hit their friend too. Like either Mane or Salah, again their 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 entire squad goes for a tumble over there. So the Premier League is a possibility, but again, our squad also has injuries. Can also have injuries. So it would be nice to compete for the title, but I feel like it's just a little bit out of reach at the moment because you need a solid start to go for the title. And like it's been a what six game weeks in United have played five. and it's not the most ideal position right now but again um, we have been chasing since the yeah, last season has always been a chase ever since uh, bruno came and he turned the ground so yeah we are chasing again the season but it's a longer term and we need more like everyone on top form and i feel like we could actually take go for a title charge but i'm not i'm going to be upset if we actually don't I mean, I guess fair. Uh, I wouldn't really know. Uh, you're a United fan after all, so you would probably know what the best would like to expect from your team. So that, I guess that's fair. Uh, but I, I guess uh, I guess we're ending it there. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys for joining us for another episode. Uh, this has been the Locker Room FC with your hosts Sairam, Shiv, Rashid, and Shreyash. Uh, subscribe follow us like comment do all that stuff and keep cheering us on we we like all the support it keeps us going uh but that's going to be it uh thank you guys for watching and we'll see you next time bye